Welcome back to the Can't Stay Quiet podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Boswell, and as always, we're here to talk about politics, culture, and theology from a Christian worldview. And today's episode is a little fun. It's unscripted, which is not normal for me, um, but I am really excited to talk about the things that have been going on in specifically Manitoba, but definitely across Canada as well, in terms of books in our schools and in our libraries. There's been a lot of conversation with parents and educators and librarians and all sorts of people involved over what kind of books should be in our schools. And if you're not caught up to speed on what that conversation has looked like recently, I'll give you a quick recap. Uh, you can also check out our Resolve page with myself and Molly Broomer, where I dive into this topic a little bit more on book banning, and that's something we'll talk about today as well. Um, but yeah, the conversation that's been happening, uh, the current conversation in in, uh, in the culture right now is around these sexually explicit books that are being put out in the children's section in our libraries and also in school curriculums. And so CBC ran an article a couple weeks ago bringing this up. And what was really surprising, I guess it shouldn't be surprising, we know that the media can really um, slant things, but they tried to make it sound like this was not actually happening. There was not any sexually explicit or pornographic material found in these books. But if you've seen them, and I know some of you will have looked this up for yourself and seen the books that are in the libraries. Um, that's not the case. I mean, these are very sexually explicit images, and some argue, and I would agree with them, that showing this to kids goes against the Criminal Code of Canada, uh, specifically Section 153 and 162. Sorry, I mixed that. 152 and 163, and should not be shown in schools and libraries. And so, um, if I, I can't really convince you over a podcast about these, but I can tell you about some of them. And again, this is probably not an episode you want to listen to with kids around. I should have said that from the get-go. Um, but there are lots of sexually explicit images um, happening in these books. And what's crazy is that CBC, again, wants to, co- to convince you that this isn't happening. And so in one of the books, it's called Let's Talk About It, The Teen's Guide to Sex, Relationships, and Being a Human. Um, they they say that none of the books in question are pornographic, and yet they go on to explain this book as a graphic novel with sketches that include depictions of genitals, intercourse, and masturbation. Um, and again, instead of showing any of the actual images that parents are concerned about in this CBC article, they show um, the basic, you know, evolving biology on a male and female body, just, you know, humans standing there. Which, of course, didn't spark outrage, but those are not the images that parents are concerned about. There are a lot of other images, people having intercourse, um, masturbating, these are children again, and so this is where this goes against the Criminal Code of Canada. Um, But again, there are educators, bookstore owners, uh, mainstream media saying that this is not an issue, and clearly it is. And the craziest part of this conversation is the gaslighting that is happening um, again to just convince people that there's no issue here you know just carry on as normal and so there's three main things and I'm just going to summarize this again you can look to our post and I just did an interview uh, with Winnipeg Alternative Media about this as well we, we talk a lot about the nitty-gritty details of what should and shouldn't be allowed and you know different parents arguments on that so one I won't get into all of that today, but the three main things that are being pushed and the conversation mainstream that's happening to diminish parents' concerns, number one is we are being accused of being book banners, and 
that, you know, this is no different to other books that have been tried to be banned in the past. And so um, essentially the book banning should be left for the neo-Nazis. That's quote unquote what one of the council members said at the council meeting I was at yesterday. And so as opposed to looking at this as does this go against the criminal code of Canada and calling it what it is, um, sexually explicit and pornographic materials that's being given to our kids, we're just being told that this is book banning, so it should you know never happen, which is so ironic because anyone who claims that, there's got to be a limit to their reasoning on that because if they don't have any limit, then a book like, let's say, Fifty Shades of Grey uh, should be fine for kindergartners, right? So... They don't even believe what they're saying that, you know, this is book banning or that there's no limits or bounds to what books should be shown to whom. And really, they take out the whole idea of there being age-appropriate books. Um, And so some of this kind of goes down to what's age-appropriate, but then there's kind of another conversation beneath that that's not really just about what is age-appropriate, although that definitely plays in to is a factor in some of these things but it's also a matter of again does this go against the criminal code of canada um does this fall under child pornography and if it does then you know age appropriateness is not even a question this is a question of whether this is legal or illegal and so that is kind of the other conversation that needs to be had so it isn't just about you know being age appropriate or not another factor is whether or not this is actually going to lead to future harm for children and I absolutely believe that it will because there are so many um you know sexual activities and um yeah I guess it's really the best word for it that are being normalized and so for example again I can't even believe some of the things I'm just like reading here because who would write this um but one of the books it's called it's perfectly normal and it's aimed for age 10 and up First of all, this book describes oral and anal sex, and it also tells kids that maybe they've masturbated even when they weren't alone. Now, what person would normalize the fact that a child would do that? Um, first of all, age 10, but in a room when they're not alone with like another person present. Like, the liberals hate when any conservative uses the word groomers or grooming but what else would you call that why on earth would you normalize that and say yeah maybe maybe you've done this and like like that's totally fine they're not spelling out the harms and dangers of these activities um and and just normalizing that with adults around like this just does not even make sense to me so there's also the conversation on what is important for kids safety so again not even age appropriate Um, um, when it's appropriate to have some of these conversations, but the normalizing of these things. They're not looking um, to explain to kids the dangers um, surrounding this. And so that's another, another major concern. So that's kind of the first conversation is like, is this book banning or not? And again, if that's what the NDPs and liberals want to call this, if that's book banning, not having kids read this explicit content, then I'm like, sign me up, call me a book banner. Like, I I really don't care. Um, You can gaslight and name call me all you want, but like, 
I'm just not for children having direct access to these books in their libraries and in their schools. So that's the first thing um, that's kind of been going on, uh, just the conversation against parents. Secondly, people are complaining that, you know, these parents are against education. And so they're saying, well, these books, the intention behind these books is education. And so it doesn't matter... I guess they're saying it doesn't matter what's being shown because it's for for the sake of knowledge and for education. And again, that's an absurd argument. And the Criminal Code of Canada could not care less about what the intent behind any content made is. That's not the issue. It's the content itself. And so calling something education is not a free-for-all for whatever you want to show children. And so claiming that somebody is against education and a child's educational rights, again, is absurd. And the majority of these parents that are concerned about this, myself included, of course we believe there's a place um, for sexual education for kids. And I recognize that not all kids come from a healthy home that's going to have parents that are going to have conversations with them. Um, But these kind of conversations are not going to reduce harm. They're going to only make a child very vulnerable to that kind of harm. Uh, The last conversation, and it's a really big conversation that's happening, is people and parents are being told that they're not being inclusive by wanting to have these books. Now, part of the reasoning of that is that the majority of these books also show homosexual couples and normalize that. And so the LGBTQ community is saying, these are our books and you are against us if you're against these books. And I find that argument really interesting because it's kind of strange to me that you know, the outspoken or the politically active members, I will say that, of the LGBTQ community want to tie themselves and associate themselves with these sexually explicit books. And so they're not even just saying, okay, kids should understand that there's different types of families and different types of couples out there. That's not even their argument. Their argument is that these specific books are ours. And I just find that so strange. Like, why would you want to be associated with these sexually explicit books and say, these are ours. And again, the argument really falls apart because these books aren't just showing homosexual couples, they're showing heterosexual couples as well. And so there's no partiality being displayed in terms of the outrage that parents are having. This is nothing to do with that topic. Like, that's not even the issue that's at the forefront of this conversation. And so this is really what's happening and and really snowballing. So the those that are in support of these books staying in schools and staying in libraries really are just jumping on this bandwagon of, you know, a bunch of conservative book banning, you know, Christians, I guess, would probably be the majority or just conservatives. I don't know which they would say, but basically they're against education and they're, you know, working against inclusivity and being inclusive. And so that's the conversation that's happening. So if you've missed all that, Um, That's what's been going on. Another really big event that happened was um, a meeting and a vote that happened in Brandon on whether or not to keep these books. And there's a lot to dissect there because it seems rather strange that what would have seemed is like a fairly conservative um, city, although I'm not from Brandon. Maybe I'm I'm misunderstood on that. But there was the vote was just so far the other way. Like I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was a very extreme difference of those in support of keeping these books. Um, and even the agenda written out for the for the meeting for the vote um, was absurd in how many emails they had. Over three hundred and some emails 
were people in support of keeping these books and they said that they got six emails of parents that wanted them to be taken out of the school libraries which is just astonishing to me i don't think that's an accurate representation of the community and if it is then these parents have not seen these books like i just don't understand how anyone could look at these images and say oh yeah this should be in the kids section of our libraries or this should be in our school curriculum so yesterday i attended my first ever council meeting it was a council meeting for public services and they had libraries on the agenda, on two agenda items. And so a number of concerned parents uh, used that as an opportunity to come and speak about our issues with the books that are being in the schools. Now what was on the agenda meeting was the improvement of the library and the safety of the library, but they didn't specify what kind of safety or improvement they're talking about. So we use this as an opportunity to say, hey, these books are making the library not a safe space for kids to just run around and, you know, like we used to do, pick out our next adventure um, to dive into and, and roam free. And the way that you could improve and, you know, better use resources is to have a better screening process for what books are going to be in the children's libraries. And so it was such a great experience. Uh, thank you so much for those of you that messaged me and just told me you were praying for me before I went to speak. I just really felt the Lord answering your prayers in so many ways. I'll share one just like random story that happened to me. So I was heading downtown and so I live like an hour away and so I was probably about 20 minutes out and I was getting closer and as I was getting there I was like oh man it's downtown where am I going to be parking? I have no idea how long this meeting is going to take. I don't know where to park and so I was talking with my mom on the phone and she was in Florida at the time and she said hey I have friends that work at this um, there's a Christian organization not too far from where the meeting was happening and she said I bet you they'll let you park there for the day and then you won't have to worry about changing your parking or moving your car and I said okay that would be amazing so this is like such a my mom story if any of you know my mom she will just go above and beyond to like handle and take care of things and she's I don't know she just knows a million people and so she's always got an answer and a solution so I'm like this is great that sounds awesome you do that so she calls me back and she's like yeah absolutely you can go park there and uh, no problem you can stay there all day and so I was like this is great so anyways I went to go park there and she said the lady that she um, talked to on the phone was just arriving as I was getting there and so she I say lady I mean like I think she's about my age um, anyway so as I was getting out of the car she was just pulling up and so she rolled down her window and she's like, hey, are you Samantha? I'm like, yeah. She said, oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're going to speak at this today. It's so important. We need so many more people doing this. And I'm just going to be praying for you the whole time. And this complete stranger to me just gave me so much encouragement. And I just felt like the Lord really planned that moment of, of running into her right as I was getting out of my car and just to have this warm smiling face telling me I'm praying for you and what you're doing is important and you need to be there was so encouraging and so that was that was really great so I talked with my mom the whole way the rest of the way as I was walking in and I was able to meet up with a couple um, other concerned parents some that are one of them it's a good friend of mine in real life 
Um, and another that I met through, I guess, social media, but also through a political organization that she works with. So I was able to catch up with her. And then I was able to meet another mom who has been speaking out about this for, I believe, over a year now. And I'm hoping to have her on the show, on the podcast really soon. So hopefully you'll you'll meet her soon. But there was, yeah, there's a number of other people there that I know either through Instagram or just various ways. And so showing up there and realizing too, you're not alone in this. And so I want you to know that if you're listening and maybe you really want to be involved in some of these things and you just have this picture in your mind of showing up there and being completely alone and standing on your own, that is not what it's like. And it's just so encouraging to see this community of people that all care about the same things and have some similar values. And and it was just so, so encouraging. And so the actual, the actual time there was really fascinating to me. So it took several hours. I thought it would maybe take two hours at the most uh we started at 9 30 we didn't finish till i think almost 2 30 and there's a lunch break in there so uh i was not prepared for this i should have brought way more snacks but we got to go have lunch all together which was really nice but it was just really fascinating to me to see um to see this whole process of you know council members listening to the concerns of citizens and i guess one of the questions somebody asked me yesterday or today rather was Um, Do you think it was effective? And it's really hard to answer that question because you never know. You never know not just who the council members are and whether or not they're receiving what you're saying and agreeing with it. And not just agreeing with it, but whether whether or not they're going to actually do something about it. Because I think for some of these issues, and this one as well, putting it's going to be putting your neck out there to really try to make some change in this way because there's such an uproar. Um, it just seems like such a divisive um, issue and so I feel like some of them might actually agree but not want to put their neck out and so they kind of just pass around you know whose responsibility this issue is but what you never know is who's in the gallery and I was really thinking about that there were some younger students there Um, I think they came maybe with someone that was speaking on another issue I'm not sure um, why they were there, but there was just, you know, probably like 20, 20 some people in the gallery. And I thought, who knows what their views are on this and how their thoughts and attitudes towards some of this might be shaped and changed by some of the speeches given. And so in terms of effectiveness, I think it really is one of those things where you obviously do what you can and you have to leave any results in the Lord's hands. And I would say to not underestimate whose mind could be changed or just like a little pebble in their shoe of a thought they hadn't had before or something that goes against maybe what they're reading on CBC or somewhere else. And so I was encouraged by that, just the possibilities of who knows who heard what was said yesterday. And I hope that it resonated with some people there or maybe changed some minds. And it might be one of those things that you'll never actually know, um, you know, on this side of on the side of heaven and so it was just a really it was a really positive experience i would say the council members most of them there were quite civil and receptive in terms of being you know respectful and listening to our um, listening to our concerns and their questions were polite there was probably one uh, one council member out of the four that was much more aggressive you could tell in his stance and not um i uh, appreciating was maybe a soft word to use the stance that parents were taking and was really pushing back on it. Ironically, he was still on his lunch break when it was my turn to go because he came back late. And so I actually didn't have him on the panel to ask me questions, uh, which part of me was a little bit disappointed because 
some of his arguments back, you know, he, he addressed the book banning, he compared it to like uh, people trying to ban Catcher in the Rye back in the day. And a lot of these arguments that he brought up, I found to be just really easy to shoot down. And so there was this like feisty part of me that was like, let me in there, like ask me all your questions because I don't think your logic actually holds up. Um, but he, he wasn't there. So maybe that was the Lord's kindness and just sparing me having somebody really aggressive on my first time there. Um, but the other three were, I'd say rather kind and just listen. I I really want to say one of them almost kind of nodded a couple times. I know they're supposed to be like, um, neutral, but I just felt like maybe I, he was tracking with me when I was talking. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I just made that up, but it felt like it. And so, Anyways, I just really enjoyed the whole experience, and I think there was something for me about, um, you know, I said I said to my husband before I went, I don't think I'm going to do these very often. Like it's taking time away from our family, and you know, a whole it ended up being a whole day away. And I know that at another stage of life, I'm going to have a lot more free time, and our children are going to be older. And he jokingly, I don't, I should ask him how how. How much he thinks this is true but he jokingly said to me well you know by the time you're in that stage of life like Canada might be a communist country and then you're not going to have any real work left to do like the, the issues that you're fighting today are are really important because the results could be very different in the future based on the things that we're doing today and so he was just so encouraging and supportive and so he said I think it's important that you're there and you need to do this um, so I thought that was really sweet. He was just so, so supportive. But I mean, I still stand by what I say. There's only there's only so many days I want to give up like that. But I think it's like a matter of picking your battles. And there's going to be issues that are really important to me that I want to take the time to do that. Um, this is one of them. I know Drag Queen Storytime for kids and seeing that happen in a kid's coffee shop, that was another one for me. And for those of you listening, you're all going to have your different issues that you really feel convicted over. And I mean, you might feel convicted in a moral stance on a lot of issues. That's, I mean, I'd say that's pretty normal. Um, If you have a Christian worldview, there's going to be so many things in culture that come up against your Christian worldview. But there's only going to be so many things where you really feel called and convicted in the stage of life that you're in to carve out some time and and do something about it, write a letter. And that's going to be maybe a varying amount of time you know, for you, depending again, what you, what else you have in your life. Maybe it's just sending an email. Maybe it's showing up at a council meeting. Um, maybe it's starting a protest or a prayer meeting or who knows what it is. And so there's no one way that that's going to look like for anyone to be faithful in whatever season of life that you're in. But, um, all that to say, I really do feel like yesterday was one of those days for me where I was very thankful that I could take the time out to be there. And it just really, it made everything feel so tangible in terms of trying to make a difference because a lot of what I'm doing is podcasting, it's stuff on social media, and I really think there is a value to that in either changing people's perceptions, although a lot of my content that I'm creating, I'm always thinking about someone who is coming from the same worldview and wanting to encourage and and bolster that person's faith in in Christ and in in knowing that they're not alone and when they feel like all of the world is going crazy and they feel kind of you know the outcast in their in their views and because of their worldview I want them to just feel like they're not alone and I also with our resolved page I know one of our goals is to just help Christians to be able to articulate 
why they believe what they believe. And so, you know, even if it comes to drag queen story time as an example, they might know they're not in support of that, but to be able to articulate to somebody who's in disagreement to say, these are the reasons why. And so, anyways, a lot of what I feel my calling, if you will, is 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 in that realm. However, to step inside that council meeting and to actually be face-to-face with people who have a position and some power and have, you know, the ability to make decisions, um, I think there's something really important to to have those worlds collide sometimes because otherwise they can just feel like you're talking to the public, which is so important. I'm not diminishing that. Um, but to actually talk to the people who are decision makers and like get the ball rolling in that way, I think that um, that sphere just needs a lot more Christians who care and want to have a voice and talk to the people that can make those decisions. So anyways, I don't know how often I'm going to be able to do that, but I really enjoyed the whole experience. So if you're somebody who is thinking about, oh my goodness, the idea of talking makes me totally nervous. I would never want to do that. I wanted to give you a couple kind of like notes of encouragement and some practical tips. If you think maybe next time that this is happening and I post about, hey, there's a council meeting going on, who wants to come? You can message me and be like, I think I want to come. I'm super nervous, but I want to do it. So here's a couple things I was thinking about. First of all, again, going back that you are not alone and there is just so much encouragement that comes and confidence, I believe, that comes from being around one another who are we're on the same page and we can encourage one another in these good works and it's just I don't know it's, it's almost hard to put into words how I felt yesterday just being surrounded in person um, with other people who are working towards this you know one specific goal I also feel that way at church of course that's another realm where you're like weekly surrounded by people who are reminding you of the gospel reminding you of who you are in Christ and uh, help you know that you're not crazy in this world and so um, yeah I would just I would just remind you of that um and and again going back to just making a difference not just online but in person that's just i i can't explain this experience well enough so i would just really encourage you to to do it um and again that god goes before you and so if you're feeling nervous or you're not going to know what to say remembering that he will give you the words to say he will give you the confidence and the boldness because as outspoken as i can sometimes be my natural disposition is not that way i've never liked confrontation I am not an aggressive person Um, and so a lot of these things are really stepping outside of my comfort zone and new for me. Um, I thrive in some of it like once I get up there I'm like oh man I actually love doing this and when I was finished I was like I want to do this again it was so fun and not everybody's going to feel that way however everyone needs to find their confidence and their um, strength in Christ because none of us could do this in our own strength no matter if we're introverted or extroverted or our different giftings like it all still comes back to the Lord so if you're somebody that is introverted and not naturally um, someone who loves to public speak you still need to know that if you feel that God is calling you to do something and you feel that nudge to I need to speak out he is going to give you the words he is going to give you the confidence he's going to go before you and all of the results you can totally just leave up to him because he is the one where it says in scripture that he turns uh, the heart of the king you know it's like a, I think a river or water in his hands and he turns it the way that he wills and so we know that the results and the outcome of our entire nation um, none of that lays on our shoulders and in our hands but we trust the Lord with that so 
there's good works that he's prepared in advance for us to do that we should walk in them and so we can do that and just leave the results in his hands so i would just encourage you that if you have any desire at all to want to do something like that then i would i would just do it just say yes and see what happens and i think too once you get that first time kind of under your belt you're much more confident the next time is going to be easier and easier and easier anyway so that's all i really had planned for today thank you again for your prayers your messages of encouragement um, I can't tell you how much they mean to me and encourage me to keep going in this because there are definitely times, <laughs> maybe every month or so, where I'm like, oh wow, it's like, yeah, do I really want to keep talking about controversial things and, and keep doing this? But there's the Lord keeps bringing me back to this and taking it a day at a time. And so your encouragement really means a lot. And so I'm very, very thankful for that. And yeah, I hope to see you at the next council meeting and we can just snow ball the group of people that were there and it can get bigger and bigger if you're not in uh, Manitoba where I am I know that there are similar meetings and groups of parents that are concerned about this issue across Canada and I'm hoping to be interviewing some more of them soon so I hope you can find and get connected to people wherever you at all right have a wonderful day and I just pray that you would be encouraged to just uh, walk in the strength that the Lord will give you and to lean on him more today Thanks for listening.